All right, let's get started. It's uh, just after six o'clock on May 20th, 2020. Uh, my name is Andre LaRue. I'm the acting chair of the Medford Community Development Board. I'd like to call the meeting to order right now. Uh, I would like to mention that the this meeting is being uh, cast on uh, not on the government channel right now on public access, but on the education channel, which is Comcast 15 and Verizon 45. Uh, I'm also going to read a, a disclaimer since we are not meeting in person, we're meeting virtually. Quote, pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12th, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, general law chapter 30A, section 18, and the governor's March 15th, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Medford Community Development Board will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with a right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording, transcript, or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. Please note that all items previously scheduled for a May 13th, 2020 meeting were continued to tonight's meeting. And a reminder for all participants uh, and watchers at home, to participate during the meeting, questions and comments may be emailed to ocd at medfordma.gov or submitted via phone to 781-393-2480. All votes will be roll call votes. And I would just like to remind everybody that uh, before you speak to introduce yourself so, so everyone knows who is talking. I hope everyone is well. The weather this month has certainly been uh, a help. Uh, I know I'm a little bit happier. Uh, and the first item on the agenda today is the election of officers. Uh, as you know, uh, I'm the acting chair and I've been functioning in this uh, capacity since uh, January. Um, but we need to uh, we also have a bunch of new members, but we need to uh, to approve, uh, take some nominations and, uh, and approve a, a chair as well as a vice chair, which we currently uh, do not have. So I would like to open uh, the floor up for uh, nominations. That could be nominations of other members or self-nominations. Um, Andre, I'd like to make a nomination. This is Katie McHugh. Yes, Katie. Sure. Thanks, Andre. I would like to nominate Andre LaRue as the permanent chair of the Community Development Board and Jacqueline Furtado as the vice chair of the Community Development Board. Thank you, Katie. Are there any other nominations on the floor? 
This is uh, Jacqueline Furtado. Thank you, Katie, for the nomination. I would also like to nominate Andre um, as the chair of the Medford Community um, Development Board. And um, I would like to nominate myself as the vice chair. Okay. Thank you. So uh, are there any other, any other nominees? Seeing none, uh, I'd like to, I think we have a motion from Katie uh, for a essentially a slate of chair and vice chair of myself and, and Jackie Furtado. Is there a second to that motion? I second that. Thanks, class. Thank you. Uh, we'll do a roll call vote. And my understanding is that uh, I do not need to abstain and Jackie does not need to abstain. So I think we will also be participating, but I want to make that that clear. Um, Katie McHugh? Yes. David Blumberg? Yes. Kles Andreasen? Yes. Jackie Furtado? Yes. Deanna Peabody? Yes. And myself, I vote in the affirmative. It's a unanimous vote. Uh, the, uh, I don't think, since everybody voted in the affirmative and I called them, I don't think there's any other uh, abstentions or anything else. I think I got it. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. The next meeting on the agenda is the approval of minutes of the meeting of April 22nd, 2020. We might be getting a little bit of feedback, so if folks are, uh, could mute themselves uh, in between to speaking, that would be great. Is there any discussion or comments or revisions to the, the minutes? Hearing none, is there a motion on the floor to accept and approve the minutes? I move to accept the minutes. Thanks, Gless. Is there a second? This is Jackie Furtado, and I um, I second that motion. Thank you, Jackie. All right, we'll do another roll call. Katie McHugh? Yes. David Blumberg? Yes. Gless Andreasen? Yes. Jackie Furtado? Yes. Deanna Peabody? Yes. And I'm a yes as well. Thank you, everyone. Minutes are approved. Uh, the fourth item on the agenda is a continued meeting for an approval not required plan for review at 21 Ashcroft Road. Uh, I'd like to ask our Medford planner, Annie Streetman, to, to say a few words to put in context for everyone what the uh, the history of this project has been and where we are now. Great. Uh, thanks, Andre. Um, so as some, of, as some of you will remember, the board reviewed a proposed ANR plan at the same location uh, at the February 13th, 2019 meeting and determined that the proposed ANR constituted a subdivision and required approval pursuant to Mass General Laws Chapter 41. 
the board continued review of this plan from the April 22nd meeting after receiving a legal memo from the applicant's representative dated April 22nd to allow time for uh, review by the city's legal counsel. Uh, so just to let all of you know, Attorney John Witten from KP Law uh, has reviewed the materials and he's in attendance and is available to provide any input or answer questions. Great, thank you, Annie. Uh, and I think we have a, uh, the proponent is here. Is that uh, Michael Cabral, is that right? Uh, Annie, could we have uh, Michael make the presentation about why uh, he's asking the board for a different outcome? Yes, you should be unmuted now. Okay, great. Uh, good evening, Mr. Chairman, members of the board. My name is Michael Cabral on behalf of the applicant, Jim Calvi. Our client is actually the new owner of this property. So he's a new applicant, has submitted a plan uh, for ANR endorsement under the subdivision control law. My understanding is, and after reviewing the plans, the prior plan actually showed uh, a change in the way, and that would automatically deem it to be approval required under the subdivision control law. That actually extended Clifton Street onto the property itself. This new plan does not show that. So this is in a uh, request to subdivide 21 Ashcroft Road into two lots. The new lot being created would have over 10,000 square feet of lot area, I believe 10,600 and change, and also has frontage on Clifton Street of 52 feet as well. That also exceeds the uh, zoning requirement for the city of Medford. Um, Mr. Chair, I'm not sure how much more background you want me to go into as to the prior plans, but this is a new plan and I'm happy to go into some detail about the new plans and Clifton Street itself, but I'll defer to you at this point. Uh, okay, thank you, Mr. Cabral. Uh, well, why don't, when we open it for discussion, uh, maybe you could jump back, back in at that point. Uh, I'd like to ask uh, John Witten, who is uh, serving as uh, Council for the city uh, on this matter to to also give his uh, legal opinion uh, and to help explain what the issues are for the uh, for the board. But hold on, yes, Kles. I just want to ask um, that Mr. Witten also um, explains, uh, if possible, the difference between uh, the prior plan, which was um, not approved, and and this one. Okay. Thanks, Klaus. Annie, are you unmuting John? I think I'm good, Mr. Chairman. Great, thank you. Good. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, good evening, members of the board. So my name is John Witten, I'm with KP Law. And uh, let me start with this, uh, Mr. Chairman, just kind of a general overview, which is the ANR provision of the subdivision control law approval not required has been a function of the law for decades. And the, the intent was to keep planning boards from entering into or arbitrating on a matter that required no approval. 
no approval, meaning no additional layout of a way, no extension of a way, no layout of utilities within a way. So the prior plan did show an extension of a way which automatically would trigger the subdivision control law, meaning approval is required. The applicant's argument on the second plan is there is no approval required. An ANR endorsement is sufficient because the individual lots would have sufficient frontage on an adequate way. And that's the definition of an approval not required plan. The board's position can be and because this is the only time in the subdivision control law where the board's opinion carries weight, it's the only time the board will see the word opinion in the statute. The, the board's jurisdiction is, in your opinion, is the road of sufficient width, grade, and construction for the proposed number of lots, for the vehicular traffic triggered by the proposed number of lots, in this case, two. So the board has to opine as to whether the way that will be relied upon is of sufficient width grade and construction. If the board concludes it is not, then the board must declare it a subdivision and the applicant files for a formal subdivision approval. Based on the fire chief's letter, which I reviewed, the fire chief is recommending to the board the imposition of conditions. And as a general rule and as a good practice, boards should not be imposing conditions on approval not required plans. In a way, it reverses the process. A subdivision approval can be granted with waivers and conditions imposed. An approval not required plan should not be issued, should not be endorsed with conditions. So if the board believes this division, not subdivision, this division of land in your opinion, is of sufficient width, grade, and construction in terms of the way serving those lots, then it can endorse the plan and approval not required. I don't know how the board would do that, though, based on the fire chief's recommendations. So the fire chief's letter alone suggests to me that the best path here is for the board to declare the plan a subdivision and then adjudicate it under the subdivision control law during which the board can grant any one of a number of waivers. But that protects the city, it protects the board, because now there is a definitive plan that's been filed and recorded at the Registry of Deeds. There's a bond or a covenant that assures the conditions will be met. And there's the due process in terms of a public hearing that is not built into the ANR provisions. It is entirely within the four corners of the board's opinion though, as to whether the way is of sufficient width, grade, and construction. Thank you, Mr. Witten. I'd like to open it up for discussion and questions from board members at this time. Kles. Have we had an opinion from the city engineer on this? And I apologize, I may be asking some questions over because I, I was not here for the last um, meeting on the subject. Uh, my understanding, and Annie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the uh, the engineer uh, does have the uh, opinion that it uh, would be preferable to be a, a subdivision, to, to be able to have some city review over the way and the access to 
to the site. Am I am I correct in that, Annie? Yes, he did uh, go out and visit the site. Um, he did not put any comments um, in writing to the board, but he um, feels that it it, it is a uh, it is at the board's discretion. But his his view of it was that um, the if possible to to require the the oversight in a um, that would be that would happen under a subdivision that that would be preferable. But at the board's discretion as to whether there is sufficient access. I guess I have, um, in, in, in looking at the, the, the street view images of that portion of the way, it's very clear that the sidewalk, there, there is a, a segment of pavement, which I assume under some metric is an acceptable right of way access, but it's, it's very clear that the, um, the sidewalk in front of the lot, uh, does not exist in any way. Um, and it does seem like, although this may just be trees growing, but it seems like there are trees sort of impinging on the road as well. Um, where, where, where does the sidewalk play into that right of way? Question. Kles, is that a question for Mr. Cabral? Well, either Mr. Witten or Mr. Cabral, I suppose. Mr. Chairman, I, I don't know. I haven't done uh, any of the title work for the proposal. So if, if this is the question, is the sidewalk within the right of way or is the sidewalk outside the right of way? Yeah. Is, well, the, 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 what the proponent is, is saying basically is that an acceptable right of way exists as it is today. And I'm asking, does that sidewalk or lack thereof fall into that existing right of way in, in for lack of that sidewalk? Um, does, is that right of way not, you know, up to, up to what we'd like it yeah. to be? No, it's, it should be. That's a great question. So let me rephrase it and see if I got it right. Is the lack of a sidewalk or the condition of the sidewalk, is that something the board can consider in determining, in your opinion, is it satisfactory with grading construction? And the answer is yes. That so is, the sidewalk that should is, be considered. It, it, the, the sidewalk or lack of sidewalk or the condition of the sidewalk is certainly within the four corners of the board's consideration. Yes, because your 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 opinion is based on the carrying capacity of the road to serve the number of units and number of lots to be created. And if in the board's opinion, the carrying capacity is exceeded or somehow reduced because of the number of lots, because of a lack of sidewalk, then that can be part of your deliberation. Yes, because if you declare it a subdivision, then the entirety of the subdivision control law applies subject to waivers asked for and granted by the board. Yeah. It, it, it was also very interesting to see the proposed plan, which clearly um, takes into account what the fire chief was asking for, but it does add a substantial amount of roadway to um, that, the end of that road, um, which seems like a, a good way to do it, 
but it also seems like the kind of thing that should really be addressed as part of, of a subdivision plan review. Well, and Mr. Chairman, if I could just address that, because that's an important point. There, there is no preclusion for an approval not required plan to be endorsed with conditions. So the board could make a motion. I move to approve this as an A&R subject to a second with the following conditions. The, the, the devil's in the detail though. If those conditions start to become construction-like conditions or conditions that require supervision, then the process of the A&R, the purpose of the A&R process has really been turned upside down. So I, I would never recommend an A&R endorsement subject to construction type conditions or, and that's kind of why I think the fire chief's letter is so relevant because those are not the type of conditions that should be, in my opinion, subject to an A&R. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've heard everything I need to hear on that. Uh, Mr. Chairman, may, yes. may I make some comments to the board? Yes, sir. So we're talking about Clifton Street, which is a built out paved way. In my opinion, the question of whether a sidewalk exists or doesn't exist does not have an impact on the adequate access of the way. I think the subdivision control law and the ANR provision of that deals with vehicular access to the way. Clifton Street is actually listed by the city as a public way. There is a house directly across the street from this lot that has already been built out, that has a driveway on it. This is again, a paved way. This lot has 52 feet of frontage on it. I don't read the fire chief's letter as saying, there is not adequate access. He does not state that in his letter. He says, this is what I would like to see. The fire chief could say that about any public way, any private way in the city of Medford, that he would like to see potholes filled in, that he would like to see a public way uh, increase in width. He's not saying here that there's not adequate access for a fire engine, for an ambulance, for police cars. That That is not what he says in his letter. If he's saying that, that means that the entirety of Clifton Street is inadequate right now. Right now, as it stands, without an additional house or additional lot being created, we're not even talking about a house yet. We're talking about the creation of a lot. That if he said that that's inadequate, that means the entirety of Clifton Street is inadequate right now for fire and emergency personnel to access Clifton Street. The board has already approved lots on this street in the past. In 1989, the house was approved across the street. There are municipal services there. There's water, there's sewer, there is a public sidewalk across the street, but we're talking about the creation of one lot, which may have a single family house on it. Though it's not uh, a dramatic increase in vehicular traffic, it's not a dramatic increase in the number of inhabitants on a lot as well. I think that there's adequate access here. I think when it comes down to reviewing an A&R plan, we're looking at what type of way is it on and is that way adequate? And if there are even some issues with the public way, I think the case law says that that is not enough to deny A&R endorsement. If a way is called illusory, whether it doesn't exist or it's a dirt car path 
or a substantial defects in the way, then I would agree that those might be grounds to deny that, but that certainly doesn't exist here at all. If there's concerns about uh, a fire engine entering or not, th those already exist. This, the creation of a lot does not change that. In so fact, I think the creation of an additional driveway, I think actually increases the safety on Clifton because it would actually add an additional turnaround for a fire engine. So if a fire engine was going right now to the house across the street on Clifton, I think, I believe that's 51 Clifton street, that fire engine theoretically would have to back all the way down Clifton street. If an additional driveway was placed on this lot, that would actually give a turn for either 51 or quite frankly, another lot on Clifton street as well. So the creation of a law here, impossible creation of a house on this lot would actually increase the safety. I also think that those are considerations for building approval, that there is no building permit uh, to construct a house right now or driveway approval yet. So Mr. Moki can consult with the engineering department, can, can uh, consult with the fire chief, the police chief and say, what what would you like to see here and say we, we may need some of these conditions at the building stage but not here at the a and r stage so i i think my comment and my maybe my question to mr witten is on that subject by if we were to issue um an acceptance of the a and r plan we would have there would be no vehicle for us to compel you to make the improvements that the fire chief has suggested and I think that's the point where, uh, and, it, and it is at our discretion to want to um, do what the fire chief is suggesting. And, and by, do, by signing the A&R plan, we have no way of compelling you to do that. I understand there's other um, um, permits and, and applications that you're going to have to go through with Mr. Moki and others. But as far as this board is concerned, um, I think, you know, we have, our opinion matters. And I think for me, the opinion that matters the most is what the fire chief is put in place. And as far as the historic nature of it, this is 2020. This is not 1989. There are different laws and codes in place that are, um, and, and metrics about how we design roads and things like that. So I, I don't, um, you know, this we, we come across this subject often where we are asked to make decisions on things that won't necessarily protect us. And, and I feel like we're in a position like that now. And, and, and doing a subdivision plan would allow for the proper process of, of getting all the things in place that are, that are necessary um, for this project. Ms. Martin, May Great. I respond to that? Okay. Uh, uh, let's get a comment from Jackie Furtado and then maybe you can respond after that to both. I just wanted to follow up with what um, first Mr. Cabral had said regarding having the additional driveway there. It would provide probably more access for a fire truck to turn around because um, having visited the site myself, I remember that uh, house across the street at 51 Clinton Street and even having a small vehicle having to use that 
uh, as a turnaround to get out of that street. So I do agree in that point that it would give more access. But going back to what Clay has said, I would not feel comfortable with um, not having uh, a little bit more input on that process and just um, giving a vote to say an A&R not required. Um, I at this point, um, for the same reasons that Clay's have said. So I just wanted to highlight that I understand what Mr. Pro has said, but this is a different day, different laws. And for the same reasons um, that, that we even have um, boards to oversee these processes, I would want to utilize that to go forward with this project. Thank you, Mr. Cabral. Did you want to respond now? Yes, if I could, um, and I agree. That might be history, but also the road has changed as well. The, the city now has this listed and certified as a public way. So what the fire chief might be asking for may not be possible for any applicant to achieve. We sent over the list of public ways uh, to the board. That list certainly has uh, Clifton Street listed as a public way through and through. So to request that our client make certain changes to that way may not be legally possible at all. So our, our position is that if Clifton is a public way that, and it's paved out and it has municipal services there, there is nothing that our client can do about this at that point in time. It also means that that would deem it to have adequate access. So again, if those insufficiencies are not there in the roadway, and I, I don't know if any of the board members have been to the site, but it is a well-paved road. There are no significant grades there. Again, there is water and sewer in the street. There is a public uh, sidewalk across the street and then just adjoining to this lot as well. We think that the road is in such condition and as a public way that uh, it entitles our client to an endorsement under A&R. Uh, Katie McHugh. Sure. Um Jackie, I was nodding as you were talking because I had that same reaction when I went to see the site. I, I thought the road was fine, but that turnaround there, I mean, I have i have an SUV, but um, I started to drive down it and I was like, oh, how am I going to get back? And so I had to kind of do that turnaround in, in my car, which is a, you know, Toyota Highlander. So um, I thought the road was fine, but I had that same sort of access reaction when I, when I went and I was happy for the suggestion to see it ahead of time because that was my that was my reaction so i i guess just i mean i i mr cabral i totally i totally agree with all the things that you're saying adding a driveway will make it better all this but these are not like that's like a that's like us taking your word for it that's what it feels like to me um or, or taking your engineers for it, word for it. Like, I feel like there needs to be like a real review of how all things are being done at the end of the street. And it's a very typical situation that we go through. We, there's another project in the city right now that we're doing the same thing. And I, I just, to me, it seems odd to say, yeah, let's go ahead and, and, and approve this and, and hopefully he'll do the right thing. But th that's not something that our client could actually control right now. If if it's a public way, our client can't go create a turnaround. That's something that the city could absolutely vote on. That's something that the engineering department and public works could get together on and say, we've got an approved lot here. We would actually like to increase width or we wanna add a cul-de-sac or whatever that might be. I understand that, but in 
my opinion, that's not within the board's purview right now. Our client can't say, if this is a public way, we're going to go ahead and change shape, topography, regrades, whatever that might be. It, right now, the public way is what it is. And it's it's paved out. It, and it's if it has enough frontage and it's paved and it has the proper lot area, in my opinion, the law says that it must be endorsed as a and at this point. But Mr. Cabral, I don't think we have agreement that that is a public way. It is a public way up to a certain point and a private way beyond that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, John Witten, do you have a, have, I think you've already given us your opinion, but could you just respond to that point? Sure, sure. That, that is our opinion as well as to the kind of hybrid public and private way. Um, let me say a couple things. One is once the plan or a plan is endorsed as an ANR, there are no conditions imposed on it. Uh, the application then goes to the building commissioner for a building permit and the building commissioner is acting as a ministerial agent. He or she cannot impose conditions. The fire chief cannot impose conditions. So the buck literally stops here with the, the planning board. If endorsed ANR, the lots become technically buildable lots if they comport with zoning and they comply with the building code. So there can be no conditions from the building commissioner. If the road is a public way, a planning board can still declare an ANR submission, a definitive plan or a, a subdivision because of the inadequacy of the way or the services and utilities providing for the way relative to the number of lots being proposed. In this case, where there appears to be both public and private aspects to the road, the planning board most certainly can impose its opinion on the adequacy of the way for the proposed vehicular traffic. And, and it's not lost on me that we're only talking about two lots as opposed to 20, but it's really not really relevant. The board has the ultimate say in its opinion as to whether there is sufficient width grade and construction. If the board concludes that it isn't, the board is not denying the project. The board is simply saying you have to apply under a different metric. And the metric is file under the subdivision control law. I'd also want to respond to council's comment that the, there's nothing the applicant could do here. Well, that's not respectfully entirely correct. The applicant can work with the planning board. The applicant can use part of its own land. The applicant can solve oftentimes a lot of problems through the definitive plan process. This would be a definitive plan that the applicant would request an awful lot of waivers from. And again, as we said earlier, that's the preferred outcome for the city, not for the applicant, I understand that, but for the city, there'll have to be a public hearing, there'll have to be a covenant or a bond, and there'll have to be the adjudicative process of the subdivision control law. And Mr. Chairman, if I could just add one more thing. A lot of applicants are concerned about ANRs becoming definitive plans because of the time lag, 21 days for an ANR, up to 155 days for a definitive plan. There's nothing saying that the board of the planning board or the community development board couldn't act more promptly than that full 155 days. You don't have to, but in many cases for straightforward plans like this one, you could. So no, in my opinion, the, the, the board is well within its authority to either apply the opinion standard of chapter 41, section 81L, the third bullet, or could, if it was entirely public, still conclude in its opinion, your opinion, 
that there wasn't sufficient with greater construction and declare it to be a subject. Right, and Mr. Cabral, I do think that the members of this board understand your uh, concerns uh, of your client. Uh, I, knowing them, I don't think there's a desire to uh, to put up a just obstacles for the purpose of, of having obstacles. But uh, but I I do get the sense from uh, the members who have spoken that there is a desire to have a review process where the the city can. Uh, participate in some way, uh, which would not be uh, really available through the ANR process. Um, I'd like to invite uh, the other members who haven't spoken to uh, to to say a word if they would like to. Uh, otherwise, you know, I'm open to uh, motions on the floor. So, David or Deanna, would you like to add anything? Um, I, I agree with uh, the rest of the board that it would be better to uh, go through the subdivision. Thank you, Deanna. <clears throat> and, and I would concur with that as well. I think there are good reasons for the city to take another look at this and to examine it further. And that seems to be the subdivision route as opposed to what's before us today. Thank you, David. And I would I would reiterate what Mr. Witten said that I, I think, you know, as a board, I think I'm not going to speak for everybody, but we would be very open to um, doing this swiftly if it if 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 it at all helped in some way. Thank you, Plus. Uh, is there a motion on the floor either to? Uh, vote to approve the plan as an ANR approval not required, or to deny the ANR plan uh, and determine that the the plan does not show that the access that uh, the board is looking for. Mr. Chairman, could I could I just interrupt for one second? Yes, sir. So just a recommendation. So the the, the motion would be to endorse the plan as an approval not required, or to declare it a subdivision under the subdivision control law, either either direction. And the board doesn't have to go any further than that. Okay. Thank you, I appreciate the clarification. I move to declare the project a subdivision. Is there a second to the motion? I'll, this is Deanna, I'll second. Okay, thank you, Deanna. I will move to a roll call vote. Katie McHugh? Yes. David Bloomberg? Yes. Kles Andreessen? Yes. Jackie Furtado? Yes. Deanna Peabody? Yes. And I'm also a yes. Uh, unanimously, the board has uh, declared the project uh, a subdivision. Um, Thank you, Mr. Cabral, and and I think like we've we've said, we are happy to uh, to work with uh, your client uh, to expedite uh, a process going forward that's satisfactory for everyone. Understood. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. The next item on the agenda. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Witten. Appreciate your your support and help us with clarifying you, the issue there. Thank you. My, my pleasure. Good good evening. Good evening. 
the fifth item on the agenda is a uh, continuance of the site plan review and inclusionary housing recommendation to the Board of Appeals for 590 Boston Avenue. And I believe attorney Adam Barnosky, who is the representative of the applicant, uh, is present to uh, say a few words, give us an, an update about that project. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman, members of the board, uh, Adam Barnowski on behalf of Analetto Brothers. You might recall this app uh, application was heard back in uh, late January. And the biggest concern, uh, there was, there was a, a whole host of issues that were brought up by, uh, by the board. And, uh, but the biggest one was from the fire chief uh, regarding access to the site. And when we, uh, when I was last before you about a month ago, we had just met with the fire chief and uh, discussed uh, some potential options. Uh, we took we took our time in in trying to figure out a creative solution, and ultimately uh, took the fire chief's recommendation and now have a a, a twenty four foot driveway uh, leading up to uh, the building. Uh, I provided, so ultimately what we're doing here today is to ask for another continuance until your hearing in June. Um, I did want to make sure that we provided the board with uh, a submission prior to today. So yesterday we had submitted through, uh, through Annie Streetman a, a submission that includes architectural, engineering, traffic, environmental, and legal submissions which we think encompasses the scope of the requests made by the board, uh, along with, with some additional materials. Uh, because they were submitted yesterday, we anticipate you'll have more than enough time to review uh, and also for any of the municipal departments to review in advance of the hearing uh, next month. And I'll Great. just jump in and confirm that um, I did receive those. Uh, you all have not received them yet. I haven't distributed them, but I have all materials. Great. I think we didn't want to uh, confuse people by sending out materials at the last minute, thinking they might have to uh, evaluate them for tonight. So, uh, but thank you, Mr. Barnowski, for that uh, that update um, and for the flexibility on the changes that uh, that your client is uh, is trying to make to satisfy the the city. And so, at this time, uh, I would accept a motion to continue uh, the meeting. Uh, in consideration of uh, 590 Boston Avenue to uh, the June meeting, which uh, I think would be Thursday, June 18th. Is that right, Annie? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Is there a motion on the floor? Hi, Andre. This is Jackie Furtado. I would like to um, give a motion to continue the um, consideration of 590 Boston Ave to the June meeting. Thank you. Is there a second? I'll second that, Katie McHugh. Thank you, Katie. Uh, roll call vote. Katie McHugh? Yes. David Blumberg? Yes. Kles Andreasen? Yes. Jackie Furtado? Yes. Deanna Peabody? Yes. And I'm also a yes. So thank you very much, Mr. Bronowski, for, for coming today to the meeting. And uh, we will see you next month on June, eight, on June 18th. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good night. The next item on the agenda is, and final major item, is the discussion of a bond reduction and lot 
release process for uh, the Winthrop Place uh, definitive subdivision at 25 Winthrop Place. So at this point, uh, I would like to ask the, the proponents, uh, Matt and Joe Roman, to uh, to speak to their request and explain to the board what uh, what you're asking and uh, and we can have a discussion about it. Thank you guys for coming back. Would you, uh, Joe or Matt, want to take the lead? Yeah, sure, sure. Can you guys hear us okay? Yes. Okay. Um, I'll jump in. This is Joe. Um, thank you to the board for having us back. Appreciate it. So, um, when we were last in front of you guys, um, we, were, we were finalizing the details of moving forward with the subdivision. We have subsequently uh, begun the improvement work and we are um, considerably through that process. And so what we're trying to do here tonight is to get ahead of the next step, which is uh, comp completion of that work. Um, you know, we, we would like to be able to move forward have with a partial bond release. And the reason for that is um, as stated in the letter to the board, which I'm sure everybody has had a chance to take a look at, but if you haven't, um, the reason for that is the, the few remaining items we would propose leaving to the end will be directly impacted by the height and weight and um, frequency of heavy construction vehicles into the two lots. Um, and, you know, as particularly, and I'm listening to these other two meetings, like obviously there's a benefit to the neighborhood, to the city, and um, to the road with the improvements we're making, and we don't want to risk uh, you know, any impact on those. Um, so what we're proposing is um, after a substantial list is gone through and we directly corresponded with Tim McGivern's, um, uh, you know, bond, outline a bond and breakdown of bond in terms of cost so that was attached to our letter. Um, and once those items are complete, we would ask that there is a partial bond release that corresponds to the dollar amounts of those um, items um, as per Tim's letter. And we would uh, then at that point um, seek permits on, on the work. So that's kind of what we're asking for tonight is for the board's approval to do so on that um, upon completion of that work and, and then to be able to seek the, the permitting for the, um, for the actual homes. Right. So I wanted to just jump in and clarify a little bit process there. Um, that the, what's before the board tonight is essentially uh, whether or not the board uh, would feel comfortable um, allowing the release of lots and a reduction of the performance security um, when the construction reaches a certain point, essentially once there's um, vehicular access or the binder pavement has been uh, put down. I think that's kind of where, where you guys had proposed based on your, your memo. Um, and the remaining work is, is top coat and curbing and, and that sort of stuff. So that's, uh, if, if the board is open to that, then um, the proponent would submit, uh, would need to submit a request for release of the lots and a um, request for a reduction of the bond. And those would be, um, the board would refer those to Tim McGivern. So the board tonight could authorize Andre LaRue to uh, refer those without having a, a full a full meeting on that, um, but he would make a recommendation back to the board, and, and the board would have to release the lots once once they have confirmation from Tim that um, construction is to a point that that the board is comfortable with, and he would make a recommendation on the amount of the bond as well. 
Right. So the bond is a significant amount of money. We certainly understand the uh, the desire to uh, release uh, that money proportionally uh, when the work is done, uh, while at the same time safeguarding the city's uh, interest in uh, in making sure the project is is completed. So again, Annie laid out a uh, a process uh, by which we could, I think, expedite that in a responsible manner um and joe and matt i think it makes it makes sense given the items that you have talked about uh that you indicated in your letter that those basically the improvements up through the road binder uh you know having those that those be released um afterwards and so uh, i think i'd like to open it up for a discussion by the board they can ask Questions. I know it's a bit of a complicated issue in the weeds, so uh, let me let me do that at this time. Yes, class. Hi, I have two questions. So the first one is a, and I don't know if this is a question for Alicia or Annie, but um, have we done this before? Is this typical? And um, my second question is. You froze up there, class. Well, we might have to come come back to class when he comes back. Um, I can answer the first part of that question. Um, I, I mean, I haven't been around for that long, but I know that um, the Macklin Road subdivision, which a lot of you guys were um, around for, uh, we did a bond reduction for them um, last year in a, in a similar process. They, the lots for that have not been released. Um, they obtained foundation permits, I believe. So um, a slightly different situation. But. Right. Yes, David. I, I wonder, I mean, I think the request is fairly reasonable here, as long as the city's comfortable that some percentage of the work has been completed and the city is still secured. That's totally reasonable in my mind. I wonder for future projects, is this something that can be contemplated in our initial approval of the bond? Could we see that delegation happen on the front end so this doesn't become a board issue? Um, it just, it seems so straightforward to me that it just should be built into the commercial agreement itself, but. I, and well, Annie or Alicia, you can correct me, but uh, oftentimes there, the bond is done through an insurance company. And so it's not as necessary. In this case, it's uh, independently financed. So it's a little bit more of an issue. Okay. Okay. Um, and I, I also will say that uh, Tim did review this and um, he did feel that because this is a smaller subdivision, it's kind of a different um, level of, of uh, review necessary than if this were many more um, units, you know, the idea of a subdivision is that all of the public improvements are completed before you release the lot. And that might be more necessary with, with a, um, you know, 20, 30 unit project. And this, this is, he feels a slightly different uh, situation. Okay, thank you. Do board members have any other uh, questions or uh, opinions about this matter? 
And Joe and Matt, can I just could you just give the board a, an update about where things stand uh, in terms of the the items, the construction items that you've indicated that you'd like released? Yeah, sure, Andre. Matt, are you on? Do you want to take that, or do you want me to? Oh, he's muted. Okay. All right, you're okay. unmuted now, Matt. Well, okay. Hi. Um, so sure. Um, just a couple. Which uh, is one thing to clarify. Um, Macklin Road. Matt, like sorry, it's hard to hear you. Uh, so I don't know if you could get closer or. Okay. Is this any better? Yeah, a little better. Okay. Just um, one uh, clarification. Macklin Road appears that they're building houses really at the same place at, at the same um point that we want to it really doesn't make sense to put in a top coat or to put in curbing or to put in landscaping prior to building the houses so i just wanted to mention that so essentially um w where we are right now is all the water's in all the source of the drainage is in um and it sounds like we're a few days away from getting a foundation permit um, we've applied for that and the building inspector said that's forthcoming in the next few days. Once that's issued, um, we'll put in the foundations and as soon as the foundations are in, um, we'll be able to put down the binder coat. And then at that point, um, we would like to have the bond released, uh, the portion of the bond released um, and get the lots released so we could then get full building permits to start construction of the houses. So we're, we're really, uh, have a lot done. Um, started about a month ago. Um, DJ Door like and made great progress. So where we are. Okay. Great. Thank you. And um, so the process at this point would be as Annie laid out for the uh, the board to. Authorize me as chair to um, designate Tim McGivern to uh, conduct an evaluation uh, of whether the items are completed sat to satisfaction, and uh, and to estimate uh, how much of the bond should be released based on the work done, so that at our next meeting or a future meeting, uh, we can then formally vote uh, to uh, to release the bond and the, uh, you know, allow the, the lots uh, to go forward. Would there be a way to have Tim um, have the lots go forward or, you know, subject to Tim's approval just because... Uh, we're just trying to move this project along as quickly as we can. So for instance, if we're have the lots done in the binder in say two and a half weeks, then we're sort of waiting a week and a half idle where we could potentially be moving through construction and just limiting our time over there. I think we had explored that, but Annie, could you speak to that? Because I, I know we've, we talked sure. about I, I mean, Tim will have to do a, a site visit and a review and um, evaluate the, um, the the estimate of, of costs remaining and, and all of that. And so that's a process that he will need time to do. Um, 
And it is up to the board ultimately to uh, release lots. It, it would okay. it would need to come uh, from the board based on his recommendation. Okay. So I don't, I mean, you know, our next meeting is gonna be June 18th. I don't know if you can turn things around to get complete things in time for, for that meeting. Um, yes, no, we, we would certainly, that would be, um, that would certainly be what we would plan to do and would be on our end. Okay. Uh, Class, I know that you uh, you dropped off, you froze there. Did you uh, have any further comments or questions or did you want a repeat of what you're uh, gonna repeat what your question was to hear the answer? I, I would love to hear the answer from either um, Alicia or Annie about whether we've done this before. Um, I was saying we did do a bond reduction before uh, last year for Macklin Road, um, and I, I spoke to the the status of where they are, and I'm not I'm not totally sure about that. I, I don't want to um, I'm not sure how, what level what stage in construction they're at right now, but um, we did do a bond reduction for them based on the amount of work they had completed, and Tim reviewed it and um, decided uh, what what amount could could be released. So. And I guess my, and I apologize, my, my wife, I went out. Um, my other question was like, and, and it sounds like you may have gone through this and talked about it, but my other question was about whether like, if any work is put at, that gets, that we're reducing the bond for gets put at risk if something else doesn't finish. Um, and if, you know, it, it's kind of a nuanced question, I, I understand, but. Um, I, I guess I'm a little confused what you're asking. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, it sort of has to do with construction logistics and, you know, and I, and I can't really think of a, a scenario, but it seems to me that like moving the bond for a certain amount of work put in place. And is that work now protected through the end of construction or at some point, could that that work that's put in place be at risk from some other part of the construction process, which we're no longer, and then it's no longer bonded. And maybe just the, maybe the proponent can just do that. And that could be something that um, when Tim reviews um, the work that's completed and the outstanding work and the estimate of the bond that should remain, he could take that into account and in his recommendation uh, in terms of how much he should hold on to. Yeah, if I could, if I could oh, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, it, I think probably gonna say the same thing, Matt, but let me just, um, so Clay, the, um, the purpose of the bond reduction and not a bond elimination would be to continue to protect the city, ensure that the work is completed, and that would be proportionate you know, inappropriate with the work remaining. So we totally understand the question and, and wouldn't expect that we would be alleviated of that. So, so you know, there would still be a bond in place just to be clear, it's a reduction, not an elimination. Um, to that point to any, I mean, I, you know, I think we're, we're sort of saying that with the, you know, going back to, to Tim's. Roughly in line with his original estimate. Um, you know, obviously we can, we can talk to Tim about that when he comes out on site and all that, but he knows what it costs to get this stuff done. So I'm sure it will be. Um, but yeah, to that question specifically, there's still a bond in place. Does that make sense to the question? 
sound was going out a little bit there, but I think okay. was that uh, was that all right, uh, Kles? I mean, I think the answer is simply they're <laughs> they're going to try to you know do the the release the portion of work that will uh, um, keep the things bonded, I guess that would uh, that need to be bonded and that that wouldn't be affected by the the, the work in the future. Um, yes. So, and that's sort of why it would come back with a recommendation from Tim that he's evaluated the, the full situation um, and, and calculated um, an amount. So, so Annie, uh, I think we, you know, the point here was to discuss the, the process. Uh, and I'll, do any of the other board members have uh, thoughts about this? Does this sound like something that uh, we should do? And if so, I think the motion would be to uh, authorize me as chair to uh, to direct uh, Tim McGivern, the city engineer, at the appropriate time to do an evaluation and prepare a recommendation back to us. Any other thought? Any thoughts or questions about that? If none, maybe we could have a, a motion to that effect. This is Deanna. I'll make a motion for our chair to have Tim McGivern, the city engineer, uh, conduct the field visit um, and provide his recommendations. Thank you. So we have a we have a motion from Deanna to designate uh, myself the chair to to authorize the city engineer Tim McGivern to uh, evaluate the the bonded work and make a recommendation back to us at a future meeting. Uh, is there a second for that motion? Andre, it's David. I'd like to second that. Thank you, David. Roll call vote. Katie McHugh. Yes. David Blumberg. Yes. Jackie Furtado? Yes. Deanna Peabody? Yes. Kles Andreasen? Yep, he's muted. Yes. Okay, thank you. And uh, I'm a yes as well. So a unanimous vote uh, to, uh, to designate myself to, uh, to work with, with Tim going forward on this issue and Hopefully we can, you guys can come back and we can get it done uh, on June 18th. Yeah, Andre, that's great. Thank you, everybody. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, guys. Good luck. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. you too. All right. Are there any uh, other items, miscellaneous items that... Uh, any board members would like to raise, or are there any any members of the public who wish to speak? I think if you do, you'd have to indicate that through the hand raising function. Seeing none, and Annie, am I right? I don't see anything, right? You haven't gotten any any comments or calls or emails? So 
Sorry, you're muted. I'm trying to unmute you. No comments, no emails, um, and no calls. Okay, great. Is there a motion to adjourn? So moved. Thank you, Katie. Any second? I second that, Ms. Jackie. Thank you, Jackie. Roll call vote, Katie McHugh? Yes. David Blumberg? Yes. Jackie Furtado? Yes. Deanna Peabody? Yes. And Clyce Andreessen? <laughs> the thumbs up, maybe? Okay. Uh, and I'm a yes as well. Thank you very much. Uh, meeting is adjourned, and I hope you all enjoy this wonderful weather, and we'll see you in about a month, June 18th. Thank you. Hey, Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.